This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek back in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network from May 16th, episode 2934, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Big news since we talked to you last. No Triple Crown winner this year. No. No, apparently the owner of Rich Strike decided that we're going to skip the Preakness and head uh, to Belmont. That was the original plan, and they're deciding to stick with the original plan. And uh, he said, obviously, with our tremendous effort and win in the Derby, it's very, very tempting to alter our course and run in the Preakness at Pimlico which would be a great honor for all our group. However, after much discussion and consideration with my trainer, Eric Reed and a few others, we are going to stick with our plan of what's best for Richie and what's best for our group. So good for them. Now, now there's two schools of thought is, first of all, personally, come on, I want to see one of the ringness. <laughs> That's one school of thought. <laughs> Second school of thought is, wow, they're really doing best for the horse. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Which is the school of thought you're supposed to be involved in? I know, but I want to Oh, how pissed are the Preakness people? Because they know that nobody's watching their race now. (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, there'll be some people watching it, but I mean, let's be honest. Unless it's triple crown time, nobody watches the second two. No regular people. Us horse people, maybe. No yeah, people. well, I was excited, but I'm happy that they've made that decision. You know, they continue to prove that they're just doing what is best for the horse. So, and that's the whole point. And and let's also be honest: when a horse wins eighty to one, chances of winning triple crown are, have been statistically slim. Let's just well, put it that way. Well, I, I was surprised to read that they were going to point toward the Preakness if they didn't get into the Belmont. So I I kind of thought that they were going to run the Belmont because. It was better for him, his running style, to run the longer race. But they were going to run the Preakness anyway. So they had plans for the grade one stakes no matter what. Uh, So that was kind of interesting to read that that was still on the table. But the fact that they're taking him straight to the Belmont, cool. Yeah, cool, he is fine, cool. whatever. He like, needs that whatever. room to catch up from being in last place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, well, good for them. I know it does take some of the air out. I get it. I get it takes some of the air out. I understand. Hey, today on the show, we're having old friend of the show and co-host uh, for a long time of the jumping episode here on Horses in the Morning, Emily Woods stopping by. If you remember, she stopped by, what was it, last year sometime to tell us she had had serious health problems thanks to tick bites for a couple of years. And I mean, it was in rough shape, almost dead rough shape. And then started doing this shock therapy thing. I don't know if you remember her talking about mm-hmm. that, but yeah. it was crazy stuff. Uh, and she's coming back to give us an update because guess what? She's getting better. So she's going to talk to us about that. Also, she did a post on her Facebook page this morning that I want to talk to you about because I think you're going to love it. Jamie's going to give us an update on her training horses, and we are going to talk some equestrian first world problems because apparently they're still happening. There are a lot of auditor birthdays, and I went back in time to cover Friday as well. So, happy birthday to the following auditors. Jamie Harding. Also, Jamie's a brand new auditor last week. So, I think she... we got a classy Jamie around here. (laughs) 
And I'm, so she must have joined just for her birthday. Well, happy birthday, Jamie. Uh, Alicia K., Bethany Joe McNett, Andrew. She's going to pull her funds now. Yeah, that's right. She, she paid for one week, got her happy birthday. Now she's out. Andrew Dixon, Electra Weeks, uh, Carissa Renee, Rachel Walker, and Catherine Cook. A whole bunch of birthdays. So happy birthday to all of you. May must be popular birthday month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'd like to give my daily winning out to a, f- a fan who's definitely listening uh, to Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> you talked to him this weekend? Uh, so... Uh, Okay, so you asked me when when we got here and we talked to each other before the show, you said, how are you doing? And what did I say? You said, I'm here. Didn't you yes. say I'm here? That is what I said. Yeah. I am here. Uh, and so let me tell you, this has never happened to me. And it's tremendously embarrassing. And I hate that I'm going to tell you this, but in an effort to just, you know, keep everything going. Is this Bob Brad Pitt? Yeah, it does. There's a classy Jamie Harding, and then there's the other Jamie. Okay, so so I'm watching this this new Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, uh, Channing Tatum movie where they're like going to find a treasure or something, and I'm watching it, and there's a a part that happens with Brad Pitt that's very shocking, and, and I'm sitting with Lucas and Chad, and we're on the couch, and we have our little trays, and we're eating what dinner. What are you watching again? I forget the name of it. Google okay. Sandra Bullock new movie with Channing Tatum. It's I forget what it's called. Okay. I'll tell you why I forgot. So Brad Pitt's in it and something happens to Brad Pitt and I was eating dinner and I took a bite of a French fry and this thing happens to Brad Pitt and I gasp. <gasps> the Lost City. You were talking about the, the Lost, Lost City. city. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I took a bite of a French fry oh, something no. happened and I gasped <gasps> and oh, no. I became for the first time ever a choking victim. I've never experienced that before, but a freaking sweet potato French fry almost killed me. Like, like I breathed it in, and and I was like doing that, like, like I can't breathe. I can't, like I couldn't even talk. I can't. I couldn't breathe. I, it was it was there, and I'm like, and you, That's I awful. could breathe out, but I couldn't breathe in, and so I'm like coughing out, and then <clears throat> like breathing in, and Chad's like. Are you okay? I'm like, mm. <laughs> I know that's the hard part is when you need the Heimlich. You can't tell him you need the Heimlich. <laughs> yeah. Do you need me to do something? I don't know how to do. What do I do? I don't know. And Lucas is there and he's like, mom. And I'm like, I'm turning purple. And, and I'm just like, mm. crap. And, and so, yeah. So I stood up and Chad did the Heimlich maneuver twice. And the second time, boom, it came out. He didn't break a rib, I, did he? He broke a rib. No, he did. Really? Yes, I cracked a rib. Oh, God. It's the lowest rib. Um, so it's not oh. tremendously bad. But yeah, like I, my husband, Brad Pitt almost killed me and my husband <laughs> saved me. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's not funny. <laughs> I got to make it funny. You can't Brad, laugh. It really hurts when you laugh with broken ribs. I know that. Yeah. it's At least it's the bottom one. And I'm, I'm actually like, it hurts to like lay down, but it doesn't hurt. Like my, I've broken. Uh, Did you hear a crack? Uh, I, I heard all sorts of things, but I end up like he, he gives me the Heimlich maneuver. And of course I'm like in front of my husband and son, I'm like choking on a French fry. Chad's like, were you eating too fast? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Did you say Brad Pitt at that point? It's Brad Pitt's fault. <laughs> Something happened in the movie, and it was Brad's pitch. I heard the movie was mediocre. So you might have almost gotten killed by a French fry watching a mediocre movie. Yeah. Well, you know, at least <laughs> at least I went down staring into Brad Pitt's eyes. <laughs> Everybody expects you. I mean, how embarrassing is that, though? Oh, my God. It, you work with horse, dangerous horses every day, and you get killed by a French fry. It's the most tremendously embarrassing <laughs> thing. And then I ran over to the kitchen and threw up. In the sink, the rest of the dinner I'd already consumed. I still haven't eaten since then. I might be a little sluggish because I did end up taking a muscle you sound tired, last actually. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've had two coffees and I'm trying to wake up. But yeah, it's it's oh just oh my god, right? Like it was so, and it's tremendously embarrassing. Like oh really? You lost your wife? How? What happened? She choked on a French fry, a sweet potato fry. Like what an idiot! It's it's really embarrassing. And okay, and, and so you're happened. at the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> 
somebody has to speak, and your husband probably can't. So he he gets me to do it, right? Uh-huh. He calls me and says, "Well, none of us can do it. We're too torn up." And I have to get up there with a serious face uh-huh. and say how you died. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just, that darn sweet potato fry. I'm gonna we really miss her, but it. I gotta tell you this. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> we cremated her with the fry. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. Like, have you? Did you ever watch Thirty Rock? I, I've choked before like that. It is no fun. It is really no fun. Have you had the Heimlich maneuver done on you? No, but I've gotten close. Oh, everybody, I, I think, has choked before. But you've choked. I mean, everybody breathes in something, you yeah. know, water or something. But this was like un. This is something that I've that that. You know, you see in the movies where they're like... I just wish it hadn't been a french fry so I could really laugh about it and not feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just literally a french fry. I'm watching Brad Pitt. Something happens. I gasp. I inhale the fry. And then, like, I'm dying. Well, part of the of problem, family. too, is I've heard that if you're so much smaller than the person doing the Heimlich maneuver, and plus Chad Strong, you know, and you're so much smaller than him, you're going to break a rib. Yeah. 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 That, that's, Did you go to the that's... hospital or anything or just go, oh... Oh, no, I, I mean, didn't it's go nothing to the they hospital. Can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have a broken rib. Yeah. So, um, so when people are like, "Oh, how'd your ride go?" Well, you know what? I can't ride your horse right now because I have a broken rib because I <laughs> choked <laughs> on a French fry and had to get the Heimlich maneuver from my husband. <laughs> like, what? Who does that? Oh, here comes Chad right now. The, the oh, well, he talked to me. Can you can you put him he on, please? To talk to you. Yes, okay. I, I need to talk to him. Oh, oh God, hold on. Okay. Uh, I just came in to check on my wife. I didn't know. <laughs> She just told the story, and I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh. Uh, yes, I, 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 <laughs> I know I, I she missed... almost died and everything, but still, I mean, it's... yeah, no, it's it's a it had been a hilarious death. So what sure. I just said to her is, uh, this would have been the eulogy. You would have called me because you couldn't do it; you were tor- too torn up, and I would have had to get up there with a straight face, knowing that she died from a French fry. Y- yeah, there's no there's no getting around this. It's... <laughs> They make they make the comedies about this stuff. <laughs> We're all gonna miss her butt. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> she she led an amazing life up yeah, in, until the French up, up until uh, <laughs> what's on her gravestone is not what we expected. <laughs> no, because you know she trains dangerous horses every day. But how scared were you when you finally? By the way. She said you asked, "Are you okay?" The problem is when you're choking to death, you can't say anything. No, no, no. You, you, you have to understand that she she like. Drinks water really fast. She eats kind of fast sometimes, you know. So it, for me to see her like semi struggling for a second, like I thought she got over it twice. So I'm like, are, are you all right? You got it that time, right? And then and then no, I, I could see in the eyes that this was not going well. Then it got then it got bad. So, then she turned yeah. blue, and it was time to. Yeah, yeah. No, the, it, it, but I, I thought she like cleared it out a couple of times. That's why I asked the question, which sounds stupid in retrospect. I get it. but uh, Well, we yeah. all do, though. I mean, yeah. Are you okay when you see the person turning blue? It's like, well, I guess not. <laughs> talk, to, talk to me. All you got to do is tell me to do something. No, all right. On. Did you have to Google Heimlich Maneuver before you actually did it? or? Oh, yeah. No, it took me three or four minutes because, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, because Bing came up. I had to get rid of Bing and then. <laughs> And then Google. It took a while. Uh, so, doing an update. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20%. So, so. Oh, oh, look at this. Like, uh, oh, 14.3 is out. Let's do that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she she made it. Uh, Scary, though, huh? Yeah. yeah I, was, uh, I, I was hoping she woke up this morning, you know, okay. So. Yeah. And then you broke her rib, which she's never going to let you live down. No, I figure if there's ever a, a chance to really, really go for it and show her, show her my strength, you know, that was it. So <laughs> I did hear, though, if you have a smaller person, a larger person doing Heimlich, they almost always break a rib. Uh, yeah, I, like the, fir- the first attempt at it, I was just, it was kind of like half-ass. Let's just be honest. I was like, well, ah, no, because we- you don't want to break a rib. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, are, we re- are we really committing to this? Maybe, maybe we'll just, uh, 50% will get it out, you know, and then, uh, no, it was, it, tr- truthfully, uh, it's, it's, this will be something we laugh at forever, but yeah, that was no, it was pretty bad. She needs a T-shirt scary. that says "Brad Pitt almost killed me, but my husband saved my life." Oh, is that how the story went down? That's great. Yes, That's awesome. Yeah, we need that T-shirt. We really do. <laughs> uh, I, I can also picture her saying that's you know, if you're going to go, uh, at least. At least Brad Pitt was involved, right? So yes, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'd have to do this eulogy, and I wouldn't be able to get through it. I just wouldn't. Yeah. 
No, it'd be like it'd be like the the love. Actually, everyone's kind of happy at the funeral because you play a good song in the background. Brad Pitt's, you know, pictures are on the screen. Uh, yeah, everyone. And then we'd have to, to show the scene where she almost died, or she did die actually at that point. So we'd have to show that scene. We'd have to play it in front of everybody because I don't. I don't think that's no. Nah, it's not like real funeral worthy when you see it. <laughs> No, <laughs> but and any reference to sweet potato fry would pretty much it keep it would lighten the mood. Well, you know? you know we'd have to have them at the reception, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think if you can ever get a, a celeb to show up to something, but then that's, again, that's I it. think Jamie would want us to laugh at her funeral, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it. Some happy music, a sweet potato fry in the background. Or something else. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it's, uh, she's, I'm glad she's okay. I am glad she's okay too. It was pretty, it was pretty scary. Because I would have had to go out in the air and tell how she died. And then I would have to do that with a straight face. Well, I, I'm I'm glad this is all coming back to how you feel about it. (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Bye, Chad. (laughs) I'm like, this is not the post show, Glenn. Move along. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I'm glad you're okay, though. I mean, I'd hate to do the show by myself. All I could think of was Liz Lemon on 30 Rock. She actually choked by herself. Her boss was like, you're going to die alone choking in your apartment. And then, like, I was like, oh, my God, if Chad's out of town, I teach Lucas how to do the Heimlich maneuver because apparently I'm like, I was wondering if it's like, you know, a horse chokes and they're going to be more likely to choke after that because the scar tissue shrinks in the tray. I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to be like, they're going to be like a sign on my stall. Jennifer's mom's good for telling everybody to chew everything 85 times. You're going to have to start chewing everything. And and no more Brad Pitt movies. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. All right. Well, there was happy news uh, last night, I think, right? Uh, A gallop through history. And that was the Queen's Jubilee. We talked about this last year. And we were expecting an invite from the Queen to come to the start of her 70th year Jubilee celebration, which happened to have 1,300 performers and 500 horses. And apparently it went off. Tom Cruise was there. Dame Helen Mirren was there. A whole bunch of entertainers were there. All these horses were there doing cool things. She never invited us. You know, she she called, but I was like way too busy to take the call. So <laughs> sorry, it's probably my fault. There was a tribute that was kind of moving uh, and she was moved by it. She was laughing and having a good time all night until this. Uh, the Queen's 18-year-old granddaughter, Lady Louise, who's a real horse person and a carriage driver, drove in with Prince Philip's carriage. And drove around the arena, and apparently the queen got really emotional. That was during the finale, apparently that happened. Uh, But uh, Dame Helen Mirren played Queen Elizabeth I during the Jubilee and chronicled the events of the first Elizabethan age, all the way through Shakespeare and the Spanish Armada, and they did demonstrations of all of that. So Helen Mirren, I saw pictures of her. She looked a lot like Queen Elizabeth I. What the heck did Brad Pitt do? He was the MC. I'm sorry, not Brad Pitt, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, he, he was the MC. Apparently, why they picked him, I don't know. But apparently, Tom Cruise. Maybe she likes Tom Cruise. I don't know. You know, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, it happened. We weren't there, and I'm sad to say we weren't there. (laughs) We missed it. (laughs) We missed it. Well, do you? Can you tell us about? Have you trained any horses, or were you too busy dying? I well, that was last night. I'm gonna be fine today. Um, so yeah, I've got some horses in training. I got one in yesterday, actually, and they unload this beautiful. Drop dead gorgeous thoroughbred gelding. I think he's eight years old and his name is Manny. And Manny uh, is here. And I felt like it was like an older version of Chad and I driving up. So the wife unloads the horse and, and she, her, her kids are in their twenties. She unloads the horse. She's like, this is my daughter's event horse, but he's just not working out. And we, he's, he gets, he has a lot of anxiety. He's very nervous and want to see what you can do with him and figure out why he's being nervous and why he's doing all these things. And, and so they sent him out and then the husband's like, yeah, we don't want to come back and get him. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it'd be fine. I I think we just gave you a horse, and I'm like, no, no, no. And works. she's like, you be quiet. He if he just comes around, fine. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's like, no, just keep it. It's fine. And I'm like, I ah, know. He goes, this could be your next event horse. And I'm like, you already told me it. 
<laughs> so so uh, apparently this horse is Zeus at their house, and it, the husband is like so over this horse. <laughs> The shenanigans and the wife is like, but I love him. You know, it's like one of those. So they did come up with a price and he will be for sale while he's here. I don't really do that, but I was like, whatever, you know, like figure it out. I didn't want them to. Well, have you know, a- you adopt all these out and don't make any money. Maybe you could finally make money selling one. I know, right? Here you go. Uh, so yeah, they give me a price thirty five hundred bucks. You'll see Manny this week online. As they apparently just turned him out. For the last Wait, nine months. Thoroughbred, did you say? Thoroughbred, yeah. yeah. So he came off the track, went to a rehoming place, and they bought him from a, a dealer. And he comes, came to them, and he's just uh, got it. He's just a bundle of nerves. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He ha- actually unloaded and was super calm and has been great. So I'm excited to get him started today. I also have a... I think maybe there's some sort of like network that I don't know about, which I want the auditors and listeners to go see. I feel like I am the kill pen trainer of the the du jour. <laughs> of Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> I have another kill pen horse that came in, and uh, I think I talked about her a little bit last week, but nice, n- sweet mare, two bow tendons, but you know, came from went to Stroud Kilpen and then Kaufman Kilpen, and just like has so much fear and anxiety. Um, but she actually, I've been on her once. Uh, she's doing great. And then uh, I've got another gray thoroughbred who's going to go back tomorrow because he's been adopted. And then uh, another bay thoroughbred who, oh my God, this one is a challenge. His name is Chiller. He's anything. Killer or Chiller? Chiller, but oh. it should be Killer. <laughs> okay. So I, I brought him in to the stalls and go to feed and I went to get him out of the stall and he's like super food aggressive. Well, he wouldn't let me in the stall. He was coming at me at the door. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is how we're going to be. I finally, fortunately, I'd left a halter on him when I turned him, put him in the stall. And so I was able to like clip off the halter, take him out. Now he's living in a paddock and he's totally happy, but he is so afraid. Oh my God. It just drives me crazy how, how beat up some of these horses get. It makes me nuts. Like you don't have to be a big, tough a-hole around a horse. Just be normal and they will be normal. But I think what happens is so many times like this horse in the stall was very protective of the stall. So he raced seven times and he won three of them. I went back through his records and his seventh race, he was pulled up and vanned off. That's all it says on Equibase, vanned off. So he found out he broke his sesamoid in his last race and then they just took him right to horse and hound $50,000 earnings. They just took him right to the rescue, dumped him off. She kept him in and did all the rehab stuff, healed the, the fracture. And now he's ready to go back to work. I mean, obviously low grade work, but he's just so he's, I call him, he's an angry elf. So he's an angry elf. And so we're working through all of that. And so she sent me two and number 100. I trained my 100th horse and hound horse and this gray horse, and he's phenomenal. And then 101 is a monster. And I'm like, can we not continue the tra- trajectory of the 101 all the way up to 200? Like, <laughs> I really like the number 100. <laughs> the 101 is kind of challenging. So we'll see how it goes with all of them. But yeah, there's a, there's a slew of them out here and, and, uh, Sounds like great ones to have with a broken rib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be fine. Should be fine. <laughs> Just don't like make me laugh, okay? okay. <laughs> trying not to. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled Chad on. Like I'm like this is not a post show. It's just regular show. Everybody Nobody loves cares. to hear from Chad, and he was quite entertaining actually. So. <laughs> All I did was hear him laugh at you. <laughs> The World Equestrian Center. They have many non-horse events, but also do a ton of horse stuff. When you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over 10 restaurants, you can have a variety of shows. Coming up is the Briar Fun Day. That's Saturday, May 21st. That's this weekend, right? Yep. From 10 to 2, Mary Phelps and her renowned combined driving team, Bugsy Maloney and Tony DePony, are going to be there. They're called the Gangsters, and they made them into Briars. Uh, and I have I have them sitting right over here 
on my wall. So uh, you can go out there for free. They're going to be doing demonstrations in the large arena. Children and adults alike will love them. They're so cute, and she does a great job driving them. So check those out this weekend. The loudest horse show coming uh, to the World Equestrian Center is the Pasifino Extravaganza. Anybody that knows how they show Pasifinos will know exactly what I'm talking about. I would love to watch that. That Oh, it is. It is fun to watch. As a matter of fact, I went out to dinner on Friday night. It was in Lexington for the HP conference. And I went out to dinner with Reese and her husband and Mandy, one of our hosts. And we went to this outdoor place and they had an, they had an Irish band playing and they had Irish dancers. Well, Irish dancers dance on wood, on, on like wood plywood, and they wear mm-hmm. the loud shoes. And I looked over and said, well, that's like the Pasifino of people. <laughs> <laughs> Irish dancers kind of sound like the Pasifino of people. So there you go, World Equestrian it is, That's your next gig. It's interesting to watch, but when you're done, you go, why? <laughs> so maybe we should get a Pasifino person on to explain it's it. It's a cultural thing. I, I, I guess. Uh, so in June, they're starting the Ocala Summer, Summer Series of Hunters and Jumpers. And, okay, so the Summer Series runs many weeks over at the World Equestrian Center. I assume they're doing it indoors because it's hot. But uh, they're giving away nearly $3.5 million in prize money for the Summer Series. I'm renouncing my eventually. <laughs> That'll get you to hang around and not go north. So they have a lot of variety. If you're in Ocala or driving past, the World Equestrian Center is a must-see. I saw one of our auditors is coming down to do work with a veterinarian down here, and she's like, i got to go see the World Equestrian Center. Yes, you do. Visit worldequestriancenter.com to see the entire schedule and all the details. Well, next up, we have an old host here of uh, the Horses in the Morning show. She had to quit for health problems a couple of years ago. Her name is Emily Wood. She did the jumping show on here for years and years and years. And she started to come back a little bit. Maybe we'll get her back. But she's uh, she got sick. She had multiple tick bite diseases, including including Lyme, including, uh, what's the Colorado one? Um, Is it Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever? Thank you, including that one, and a bunch of others. And she got them all, and she was really, really sick to the point of almost dying. And she got some therapy, which we'll talk about a little bit, but mostly I'm having her on because she posted this list that Janie is going to really resonate with and really like. And I thought we'd go over it today. It's about how old are your horses really? And when should you start training them? So it was really well done, and I thought we'd go over that today. Well, hi, Emily. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Gwen, Jamie. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me back on. I've missed you all so much. Oh, my God. It's so good to hear your voice. I know. It's really been, I I mean, in preparation for for doing this uh, segment, I'm like, wow. This is like years. We're like counting like many, many years here. Yeah. I mean, I had a little memory pop up when I, when you and I were doing the S jackets when I was trying to get the sizing right on those. I mean, this is ages ago. We all I know. definitely been through a bit. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through more than most of us. Uh, so oh, Lord. let's talk. I, I gave the synopsis of what you had, the 45 different illnesses, uh, and that it's <laughs> been a couple of years trying to fight it. You told the auditors how you got better, and I want you to just give us a very Reader's Digest version of what you used to get better so that you actually rode your first horse again. Oh, my gosh, I know, and I'm jumping and everything. It's crazy. Um, so I, yes, I had the Lyme disease, and which then spawned literally 45, if not more, other ailments. Um, conventional medicine was not working for me. I had a port. I was on a pick line. I was in the hospital two and three weeks at a time, consistent basis over many years, uh, not able to go outside, uh, not able to walk, you know, or even be in the bed sometimes with sleep on the floor. Anyways, really both people that know Lyme kind of know. Um, but I ended up getting uh, through my cardiologist, hooked me up with somebody that does FSM, which is for frequency-specific microcurrent. It's kind of like a souped-up version of the TENS unit. Um, however, it runs like actually there's like 800 different codes. So it can, for me, whatever ailment I'm having for the day, it can actually electronically stimulate my nervous system and all my brain and communicating to my body and be like, stop that. 
Okay, but you're making it sound all warm and fuzzy. They were electrocuting you. (laughs) Yes, that is that is the microcurrent. I mean, pure uh, entire electrocution. What am I saying? Electrocution. Electrocution. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard one. That's a mouthful. I think that's like death. You know, I think of that like hooking up the dryer wrong or something. So, yes, I mean, it is not comfortable, but it, it, it's absolutely painful at different times. Um, okay, but, it's not comfortable. Yeah. You told me about laying in the room, hearing other people in other rooms screaming like they were being tortured with a knife. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were screaming. It was bad. It, it really was. Uh it just, I guess it depends, like, the level of your illness going into it. But, yeah, like, grown men, like, screaming and screeching like they're going to die. I'm just like, man, keep your dignity a little bit, you know? Like, you know it's going to be over shortly. Like, oh, it was bad, it was bad, bad, bad. Uh, but some people don't even have use of their vocal cords because they have, like, ALS or MS or one of these other degenerative conditions. And uh, they scream, too. It makes them use their vocal Did you scream? I I did not scream, of course. Silly Jamie. Horse girl. (laughs) (laughs) It it was terrible Um, and and continues to be. I still still periodically do it. Um, I don't have to do it as high a frequency um, because I was having, you know, major neurological problems and actually like working my legs and my uh, a different kind of like inflammations and things. So it was very aggressive before. Periodically I do it kind of like, you know, medium level. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are people around that do it. Um, you can find an FSM clinic. They will probably do it on a much lower frequency than this guy who is like, I mean, he, he's a, he's a professional boxer. Like he's like, you can take it, suck it up. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, come on, fight through it. Fight through it. And he's like seven feet tall and 300 pounds and all padded up. And he's like yelling at you. Like, you know, you're training for the freaking Rocky Balboa fight. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, can you please, it's not all that. Like we're already sick. Like everything already sucks. Like, we just, can you make this slightly more pleasant and less aggressive? You know me, I don't really like that kind of stuff. Like it kind of rolls off my shoulder, the aggressiveness, but I did see some of the other patients were like, Oh snap. This guy is like really, really hardcore, but he's so big. And he, and the clinic is on the second floor of this building. And uh, he, he carries his ALS and MS patients up and down the stairs. Oh my God. He's a big, big boy. Yeah. But it, does, I yeah. mean, it worked, obviously. Nothing else, nothing else that they did got you better. And here you are riding your ponies again. I know. I know. It's crazy. Today's Monday. This is my third Monday in a row now, actually treating it like a Monday. Like I worked all week, you know, so Monday became like a Monday. I actually took over uh, three weeks ago when I moved, um, full care custody control of seven horses. I sent mom and baby out to, I've got a two month filly out of that beautiful, uh, gray mare that I did all those big classes on, uh, Heidi, you met Heidi. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, yep. Got a filly. I moved them. So they're not in the, that was eight and nine, which was a little excessive. So seven, I've got a couple of clients and you have people that send sales horses. No, actually like humans. Uh, just the animals, which is, uh, suits me. I like the, I like the people too. I shouldn't say that, but, um, it's just easier to like blow through the day. You know, and we've got young horses, stallions up and running show horses. We had three horses show up left this year. They were in other people's care though. I literally just took back over care. So like, I'm a bit tired. It's Monday, but legit nothing was working. I mean, you came and visited me and you were just like, is there any, I love you for this. You're always just so straight, straight shooting, you know, and I'm the same way. And you're like, Emily, is there any hope for you? To be honest, she looked like crap. (laughs) You're going so aggressive with this. Like, you are not supposed to tell that to people who are dying. (laughs) Yeah, but you would tell, you told it to me too. So we're even there. No, I know, I know, I know, whatever. It was funny, but I still laugh about that. Is there any hope for you? Like, dude, like, I'm at like the little smallest amount of hope that I even have for myself. I don't know, man. I don't know if there is any hope. I think that's what I said. I don't know. Well, I'm glad you found the electric uh, electrocute you to death therapy. Uh, but I know. I, it apparently I know. worked. I thought you were crazy, but uh, apparently it works. Sometimes it takes crazy, you know? Uh, I guess so, you know, and and it really, 
with, I had that massive, uh, well, I had two heart conditions that were really aggressive. I had the POTS and the tachyardia or whatever, where your heart goes like really fast, like a bunny rabbit out of nowhere, and then just drops through the floor. So you basically can't do anything, uh, drive, walk, whatever your big liability. He had that fixed in two sessions. Well, I, I will crazy. put, uh, you know, if anybody wants to get a hold of you about this, I will uh, just Definitely. email me at glenn at horseradionetwork.com and I'll get you in touch with uh, Emily. Um, Absolutely. Well, welcome back. You know, you did a post uh, on your Facebook page, which you got from uh, somebody else's post by the name of Billy Boylan. And it was something we talk about a lot in, in regard to racehorses. And I thought, well, we get you and Jamie talking about these. So what Billy did is went through and compared the ages of horses with the ages of people. So horses age at roughly three times faster than humans. We all heard that dogs do seven times, right? Um, So so what he did is put together uh, the ages in comparison to humans. And I want to hear your opinion, because this was very effective for me. So we're going to start from the youngest. So a three-year-old horse is a nine-year-old child. A child, not ready for work by a long stretch. We have moved past sending children down the mines at nine years old. So your your child is what? Nine, right? Jamie? He will be nine in two weeks. Yeah. So can you imagine putting him to work at a job? Don't, you know. I make that kid work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> there Maybe morning. we should be putting him down in the mines. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of misbehaving kids out there. <laughs> I'm like, she go out there. Jamie works her kid. But that, <laughs> if, so they start thoroughbreds at at, uh, at two years old. That's six. One. Barbaric. They start them at one. Okay, they, that's they three years that. old for a human. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they usually do the saddle, they call it the saddle breaking. You know, they're going to put a saddle and get a ride, or probably in about fall of their one year old year. And then by two, they're racing. They're that's racing. six years old human age. And, you know, when I, I had a three-year-old Andalusian and I was, he's so smooth, it's hard to post, right? So, because he's like, he's like sitting on, uh, you know, like the nothing, that something's not moving. You're sitting on a couch. And and to somebody actually of a high-level dressage lady, I'm like, as I posted, I'm like, it's so hard to post because he's so smooth. And she's like, make sure you do post because his back is still not developed and you can start potentially causing back issues by not posting with kissing spine and things like that. And I was like, I never thought of that. Mm. It's it's probably true. I don't know how true that is, but like, you know, she knows what she's talking about. So I do post on him now, no matter how hard it is to do, but yeah, a three-year-old horse is a nine-year-old child. And then they say here, a four-year-old horse is a 12-year-old child. Yep. And think yeah, about 12 year olds. Like, Go ahead, Emily. Yeah. It, it's like slightly an unpopular, I mean, it's becoming more popular amongst horse advocates in all horse sports. I think probably primarily starting with the racing and then, you know, those Western folks uh, get theirs under tack very early also. Um, so it's like slightly, I guess it's like popular, but unpopular. And uh, yeah, I'm talking I, and I do sales. And I breed a little bit, small scale. I majority of my horses are client owned, people sent, or trainer owned, people sending them for sale. But they're like, why is I have two five year olds and they're like, why are they not showing? Like mm-hmm. we kind of like just started riding them. I mean, this one looks like a gigantic foal still. I mean, he's like still growing. Warm bloods grow a bit slower. Uh, but yeah, people don't like it. Uh, the reality is they're, <laughs> they're not ready. Yeah. I'm going to thump on them and really I, like force them. Yeah. I just Googled how old are reigning futurity horses. Cause there's a big futurity show and I really never knew what that meant. Um, it says that most reigning horses begin their training at 18 to 24 months of age and they compete yeah. at three years and the futurities are yeah. for horses three to four years old. Now I have Stan Lee, my Oldenburg who was born here and raised and he's three. And I was like, God, he looks like a yearling. I mean, he's, I know. <laughs> he's, he's 16 too, but he looks like a yearling. He's just so immature. So I am like, you know what? I'm going to do what's best for the horse. And I probably sat on him five times. Maybe five to ten That's times, but like totally. walking. And and the warm bloods do grow slower. You yeah. you can read a bunch of article articles about when the growth plates close, and those the back I believe doesn't even start closing until three. So having three and four year old 
jumper classes and hunter classes is at the end of the day, horse abuse, and it's not allowing them to live. You see some of these guys that are jumping and having a a career and a life into their twenties. And it's robbing a lot of horses of that. They're Mm -hmm. becoming broken, you know, at 12, 13, 14. And now with all the science, we know, know why. I mean, everybody just loves to get those guys under tack. I, while I was sick, well, and even when I'm not sick, if I have too many adult horses and I need to hand off a couple of the babies that are just, like bouncing from pasture to stall to pasture to stall. They're not quite stalled yet. I'll send them to a good cowboy friend of mine and they do, uh, (laughs) he's going to be mad at me. I'm always like, what do you do again? Whatever it is, don't make my horses lope or we're not going to be friends again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He does some sort of like trail class and they do, I don't know. They're a big deal and they go around the country. They go to all the big shows and they're quite successful. They want to ride them. I, I'm, I was just talking to them this last week. I'm like, Anthony, don't you dare get on that two-year-old. And he's like, well, I just, I want to kind of mess with her before she gets too big. And I'm like, I know, but when she gets big, her joints are all closed up and you can mess with her all you want and you can ride her and, and work her you know, harder, but, but now, I just, it's Emily, you're, you're in the jumping world. You are the exception to the rule yeah. with this, right? At, or just, oh yeah, 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 yeah! People hate it. People are just like you're an idiot, and I'm like, no, you're an idiot. And you know what? Now yours and whiskers are banned. So there, <laughs> they jump barefoot. So you know what? All of you, all what's happening is you're about ten years behind because I've been championing this. Every I'm like the crazy barefoot whisker lady, and like, look, all you FBI horses can't do it. Now I feel so validated. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why are you shaving the horse's noses? They're going to run into things like that. That's it's bananas. And and trim the eye hair around. Kid Lord, I wonder why he has an eye injury. And this list, he talks about six year olds. Basically, what he says is six year olds, 18 year old human, it's time to get to work. Five to six. Yep. Yep. But see the problem with that, Glenn, and I by the way, I think this author was a female because her name is Billy with an IE. Okay, got it. Um <laughs> so I I like that this list, yes, eighteen year old, you're ready to work hard and to talk about the younger horses, the problem is obviously money. You know, mm-hmm. you can't you can't make money on horses that have been standing in your field and you've been feeding for six years. So Emily, I understand where everybody's coming from, but man, they just it's, I know. it's, there's horses can live 30 something years, you know, like make them a good 30, not a 30 full of it injections really and back pain and things like that. Anyway, but yeah, but you, no, you're talking to totally. the two girls in the world to Glenn, you've started. That's why something. I did this. Yeah. She, she, know, she and I could go like on and on because <laughs> you're, yeah. you come from two completely different places though, in the horse world. And that's why I thought this would. I just thought we'd yeah. get, we'd get the message out again. <laughs> so that's so. well, we'll, well preach. I, we'll stand on our our uh, soapbox for a little while. No, it's true, and there's all kind of articles coming out about it, and it's not just in one industry. Now you're seeing it across the board, and I mean, look, I'm like in the, I'm in Wellington. You know, half the year people are buying you know multi million dollar horses. Like nobody wants to hear about. Well, now that the Swedes won with the barefoot, they're more interested. But nobody wants to hear about my barefoot and my ideas about riding the horses. They need to, like Jamie says, they need to be like going. Like they do need to do those five year old jumper classes. They do need to have a record like the whole time since they're five all the way until nine, 10 or whenever it is, they get sold for the big top dollar. Uh, it is not, it, it's not desirable. People push against it. However, there's too much science out there now. Everybody, I mean, I, I saw some big publications, Chronicles, somebody else posting. There, there was quite a few over the last few months about this, about growth plates and, uh, and rethinking FEI posted something too. They were uh, pretty sure it was them. They were thinking about re- rethinking that four-year-old, uh, class. Um, but I've we're going s- that direction. All of well, us. I've seen a lot of the, um, and eventing, they have the future event horse competitions and then the young event horse competitions. And I remember like, I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. You mean at four years of age, my horse is supposed to go jump a prelim course like oh it's it's I crazy know. and so i i i did the future event horse with my two-year-old and it's basically lead them in a triangle and they pick who looks the best you know kind of thing but the fact that right. they're doing like six-year-old prelim and and seven intermediate it's 
to me, like whew, some some of the young horse stuff, I was like, I cannot imagine a four year old or a five year old going out and doing this kind of stuff because you you I can't know. just do it. You've been training for that for years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're you got to back that up at least a year. Yeah. So then, what you're putting saddles on it too, sitting on and riding, riding at three to prepare to jump in our world a course with lead changes at meter ten. Yeah. Like, and then it moves up in the five-year-olds. They've got to jump meter 20. And look, some of them can't. And I think if they have maybe enough thoroughbred blood in there, uh, the joints of some of the smaller guys, they kind of close up a little quicker. There are some faster developers. There's some bloodlines that are known for being slow developers. And I, I love that. That Langrath line is one of those. And all of mine have Langrath, if not twice the ones that I breed in the papers. So I just knew, always knew they were going to be slow. They're going to be huge. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is a very small percentage of horses that can make that first real year for us, the five-year-old jumper year. I know they have the four-year-old, but you know, not as many people do that. A lot of people get to that five-year-old year. If you really track over the years, how many of those five-year-olds end up on podiums doing big FEI classes, global tour, it's not as big as a percentage as you'd like. It's a few years ago when I looked, it was actually quite small. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, so it's like the facts are going to come out eventually. I don't know that we changed anybody's mind, but we can keep preaching it. We can keep trying. <laughs> I know. Everybody <laughs> wants to ride their baby ponies, but please wait as long as you can. There you go. Well, thank you, Emily, for joining us today. We really appreciate of it. Course. And I'm, I'm so glad you're back to riding again. Congratulations. I'm going to post a picture. I'm going to post your picture that you posted of you riding your first horse with the hearts on it. So I'm going to post that one. So oh, can... thank you. I'm just the happiest girl ever. Can't get me down as long as I'm at the barn and working. No, I am so happy. And anytime, I would love to come chat with y'all. We right. always have fun. All right. Thanks, Em. Thanks, it. Emily. Love you. Bye, Bye, girl. Love you, Jamie. Love you, Glenn. Well, there you go. She's uh, sounding so much better. I mean... Gosh. It was tough for a while there. It was really tough. <laughs> it was really tough. Well, someone asked me which WinTech Gen rides in, and it's the WinTech Light All-Purpose Deluxe. The WinTech Light is half the weight and double the fun. You'll feel supported while riding in the super soft and grippy saddle. A saddle so light, tacking up is simply a breeze. You choose the cantle to suit your mood, and your horse will enjoy the super soft panels, which mold in and around his muscles, hugging his unique conformation. Visit wintech-saddles.com to view the full WinTech line. They have a lot of different ones in synthetic. Of course, you clean them, you throw them over the fence and hose them down. And actually, Jamie and Jennifer were talking this morning because you're looking at finally getting a new WinTech after your 20-year-old ones. It's so old and it's so awesome. But yeah, I, you know, the problem is it's so old and it's so awesome and it's been rolled on and laid down on and all, that, all sorts of horses have issues that it's not comfortable for me anymore, but it's a, still a great starter set. So I was looking at the Wintech saddles going, okay, which one could be a new starter saddle that would be a little more comfortable for me? There you and go. So I was going through like a hundred of them. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find them again at wintech-saddles.com. Are, are people having problems? Oh God, it's sad. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Now, remember, these are actually real problems submitted by our auditors. And on Sunday or Monday morning, we put up a post on the Facebook page and asked people to let us know what their sad first world problems are, equestrian style. And uh, these are what happens. But if you want to be a part of this, Glenn, how can they become an auditor? You become an auditor, which is basically a super fan of the show, by going to horseradionetwork.com, clicking on the auditor banner upper right-hand corner of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the auditor group, the auditor party tonight. By the way, auditors, if you're listening to this on Monday, we're having the WTF Advice Show, which is a show that we do with uh, one of our auditors who's actually a licensed therapist. And Joy's joining me tonight. So it's going to be Nikki, Joy, and I. And we handle the non-horse training questions, the ones about your life, your husbands, your wives, mm -hmm. your kids, your school. What to do when yeah. you're choking and you're yeah. alone. Yeah. You put that we in? give Heimlich lessons because it's video. <laughs> um, so all of that we'll be doing tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern in the auditor room. It's one of the perks of becoming an auditor. 
All right. Well, we're going to start with one that hits pretty close to home. This is coming from Patty. Patty lives down the street from me. And do you remember when I had what we fondly called Great Uncle Dick? who was a horse that came for training, who broke through all my fences. Yeah. So he came back for a lesson yesterday uh, or Saturday, and uh, she sent me this. Ack, I forgot my vest. My first world equestrian problem is I have nice stuff. I work for nice stuff. I order nice stuff. And then I forget my nice stuff. Can I come buy a lunch and get it? <laughs> she left her cross-country vest on my bench. So, yes, you work so hard for it. Then as horse chicks, we're like, let's get the horse on the trailer and leave. And then they're like, get to the show. And you don't 12 have hours away. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, she said, I ordered a bunch of nice stuff over the winter. And I keep forgetting I have nice stuff. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, Kara says, I tried to go to an endurance ride this past weekend, but I blew a tire on the way, which led to more trailer issues, and I didn't get to go. And then I had to do yard work all weekend, and not the horsey kind. (laughs) Priorities, Kara. Kara. Yeah. A lot of people doing yard work right now. It's spring again in so many new places that have had snow Mm -hmm. up till now. Exactly. Ariel says, not only did I go from an event last weekend, followed by a week-long work show, I'm a professional groom, but now that I'm back home, I get to go to a Boyd Clinic on Wednesday, which I'm super excited about, but now I have to pack again. (laughs) Uh, By the way, all you have to do is say Boyd. Everybody knows who it is. You don't have to put first and last name. No, I think you can go by first name with Boyd now. Yeah, he's like Cher. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just Boyd. I mean, how many Boyds are there in the horse world, to be honest? I mean, come on. The only one I know. Uh, Adrian says two of my mares have gorgeous, thick manes, and I've been braiding them to help keep them cool. But I have to keep redoing the braids, girl. (laughs) That's an illusion of mine. Everybody else gets roached. I'm like, you roach, roach him, roach him, roach him. You, I can't do it. So yeah, I get it. The hair thing. Kayla says, I've gotten really into fitness and I started to get new- shot. If you roach an Andalusian. Yeah. You know, I did notice that uh, the breeder of him had posted a bunch of horses that were roached. And I was like, oh my God, you roach their manes. It's like Eureka. She's like, no, you only do that to brood mares. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> By the way, said Andalusian were a muzzle for the first time yesterday. Oh, it's getting and, a little chunky there in the field. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. The <laughs> muzzling. And he is not happy with me. <laughs> like walked into the barn because I leave the doors open and to put his nose in the bucket and just started rattling for like 20 minutes. Get out. Well, we Get know out. what his equestrian first world problem would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm set up to survive and now she won't, she's killing me. <laughs> Uh, Kayla says I'm, she's been really getting into fitness and she convinced herself. Unfortunately, she has so much horse business that she's convinced herself. She didn't have time for daily workouts. And then I convinced myself I was still fit enough. So I ran a 5k on Saturday and I still can't walk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She finished. I I wouldn't finish. I don't think I'd finish. I wouldn't even start. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen says, I spent the whole weekend helping friends at a carriage driving show, and the weather was gorgeous, the competition was great, and I had a ton of fun, but I had to walk way more than I normally do, and I'm so sore. <laughs> Apparently, we have a lot of out-of-shape listeners, what it's coming down mm. to. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Carrie said, I had to go away for the weekend, and I have to go away next weekend, and I can't ride my horse except for weekdays, and only the time is too tight. <laughs> Every horse person. Oh, that's so many vacations. I just can't. Um, this one is, again, we're going to go back to the muzzle thing because I have to talk to Laura here because she posted a photo of a, a phenomenally green, gorgeous, lush grass pasture. And it says, I have amazing, gorgeous green pastures and I have four animals on dry lots eating expensive hay. <laughs> First of all, you need to get yourself some off-the-track thoroughbreds because they don't need muzzles. Uh, second of all, green guard grazing muzzle. Best muzzle there is. Yeah, that's been Scooter's entire life, looking over at the green grass, lusting. Mm, <laughs> can hear the violins playing, yes, too, yes. in the background. Uh, Anna says, it's finally nice out, and I have time to ride my horse, but I can't ever decide if I want to ride dressage, jump stuff, play at Liberty, or trail ride. How do I decide? <laughs> 
Anna, you need more horses. <laughs> Duh. That's the solution right there. <laughs> One for each. Lisa said, I really want to go train cross country, but I still haven't jumped a cross rail since my C-section three months ago. And now I'm sulking because I have to be an adult and wait a little bit more. And I promised my boyfriend I wouldn't get another injury until he's home for the summer. And I broke my arm four weeks after the C-section and he's <laughs> tired of taking care of horses. <laughs> You better marry that guy quick. Lock that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not too many that would hang around for that long. So No, you're yeah. good. You better hurry up. Colleen you you should I... be on your knee. Don't wait for him. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen said, I love it. She said, I have to promise not to get hurt until he gets home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen said, I had to get up at 3.30 a.m. to fly home yesterday, which was good because I got to spend the day with my horses. But now I'm too tired to ride in the morning. <laughs> Allie says my Maris Gelding's boyfriend has moved back into the barn and I love him, but now she's in like a raging heat and welcome back to hosing off her back legs every single day. <laughs> Mares are gross. They're just gross. It's just, bleh. uh, let's see three more. Joy says, because may thinks it's November in Washington state. And we've had a very wet and cold spring. I haven't been able to use my normal spring pasture. It's too wet. And so instead I'm burning through my hay like crazy. Yeah. And we all uh, know, you know the price of hay is down everywhere. Yeah. What's interesting is this horse that came, uh, it came from Missouri. Let's see. Saint Louis, yeah, Missouri. And they brought a, fl- a flake of hay with it and it's unidentifiable. I don't know what this is. And so I fed him that hay along with some of my hay, which is from it, Arizona. Right? And I put his hay in there and my hay and to mix it, he only ate my hay. Really? <laughs> I was like, how has he been surviving on this? He clearly, it looks like straw. It's the weirdest thing. And they were like, yeah, no, that's what we have up there. Like, uh, and he wouldn't touch it. I'm like, I'm supposed to be mixing it. It's kind of like our ver- our version is coastal. That's kind of the cheap stuff. And uh, it looks like straw sometimes. It really does. Coastal is just the worst for colics too. Oh, I hate coastal. Uh, anyway, Patricia says, my first world equestrian problem is I can never take part in this because my equestrian problems are real. <laughs> right there. That's the winner right there. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, finally, we have Jessica. And Jessica, I'm going to agree with you on this. Okay. Hashtag uh, things that you say that everybody disagrees with, but it's true. I had such a fun day yesterday. I wrote in a lesson and then I got to hang out with the girls at the barn and I got to have mimosas. But then I came home with the worst headache ever because champagne is the devil. <laughs> You know what? If you listen when they hand you like champagne at a wedding or something, you're like, mm, thank you. And I go, thank you so much. And then I set it on the table. Because oh, I love that champagne. Is a, that doesn't bother uh, me. It's an insta headache. Again, hashtag unpopular opinion. Yeah. I don't, I can't drink it because it just, it's insta headache. So just Isn't that with funny? Which, and some people can drink white wine, red wine, give them headache. I mean, it's just so different depending on the person. Yep. No, yeah. champagne is a double. I'm I may good. not have consumed a lot of alcohol over the weekend. that's why i'm a little slow today because i'm not used to doing that well uh we did have by the way hello to all the uh, journalists that were at the ahp conference that listened to our show a bunch of them came up and talked to me and uh they all said hi to you so everybody missed having you there and uh the gang that we hung out with we didn't get kicked out of the award ceremony this time so that was good um, we were better than usual, and we attributed that to you not being there. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The problem is they, they take forever. How, how much were the drinks? They were expensive, right? Yeah, they were expensive. Yeah. Which is why you didn't overconsume. That's right. That's so, right. They were like twelve dollars for a mixed cheap. drink, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, there was a cool thing, and I wish I knew the guy's name. We're going to get him on the show. So they revealed this at the dinner the one night uh, that I was out with Reese, but I saw it the next morning, and I'm sure you saw the picture I posted of the statue. So, and and who, who's what's oh the name? Oh my god, it's stunning. What the name of the woman who does the statues that you hang out with? Jocelyn the, Russell. He knows her and loves okay. her work and kind of you know took after her in the designing of the statue. So he didn't. Jocelyn does all bronzes, so she basically makes mold and then they do the bronze, right? This guy's a farrier, so he wanted to do a secretariat statue out of metal. But he didn't want it to be a normal, just take big chunks of metal and, you know, 
bend them and make a statue. So what he did, and they're about two inches long, he gave us all one. He had little stamps made, little metal, little metal secretariats made that are about two inches long. So he had five thousands of thousands of these stamped out. They're about two inches long. They look like little secretariats. And he welded them together to make a full-size secretariat with Ron Turcotte on top. Matter of fact, the hands are molds of Ron's that he did. And he welded 4,500 of these together to make the most stunning horse you've ever seen. It's really cool. It's just so unique, too. It's never been done before. And he said he would never do it again. Um, (sighs) So what else he did was he took and he put this light set up because because it's little pieces welded together, there's holes in it, right? So he took and he put – he said, well, you know, Secretary is known for having a large heart. And he talked to uh, Penny Chenery about this, too. He put this light, red light in the middle, and it beats. So you can oh see the God. heart beating. So when they revealed it, it was they turned off all the lights, and all you saw was the heart beating, and then they revealed it. Uh, it is incre- I get goosebumps just thinking about it. This thing was so incredible to look at it in person because you can see the 4,500 little welds holding these pieces together. And I asked him, I said, did you have to redo any part of it? He said several sections. He was a perfectionist. He wanted the muscles to show. And he had to do this by welding little pieces together. So. It's, it's hard incredible. to understand until you see the picture. Now, where did you post that picture? I'll post it in I'll post it in horses in the morning, and I'll get somebody. Some of the other people took really close up pictures, and we'll really show you how it's done. And we'll get him on the show. He said he'd come on and talk to us about how he did it, and he did it as a COVID project, and then regretted it. Um, and it on is for the sale. Brains, <laughs> the <laughs> famous quote is, "He is moving like a tremendous machine." Oh, it, so, it was something to see in person because you've never seen anything like it before, and I'm sure I'll sell it, no problem. But uh, really cool. So <clears throat> we'll get him on the show hopefully here in the next week or two to talk about the process of making it. We'll post some really detailed pictures of it then. We have to go. We have a post, quick post show to do. Uh, and then uh, I have a lot of work to do this week because I'm getting ready for PodFest next week. But I have a quote for you. And this is an unknown author of this quote. But I thought I'd leave you with this today. May your belly never grumble. May your heart never ache. May your horse never stumble. And may your cinch never break. Amen. It's Bay Neuter Geld, everybody. Have a good one.